0: One time a guy followed me home from the train. I was shit-faced drunk. And it's the only time I've ever been um, mugged in New York. I actually, this dude attacked me in my driveway. I was walking up to, uh, t- uh, to the door of my apartment. And he was, you know, we fought and, and like, I beat him. And then he was crying. Was all <laughs> what? Stuff. But, like... Working overtime. serve beer at a Bushwick dive. Just trying to stay alive, but it's so damn hard. But I
1: Welcome in, welcome under, welcome hey. under the apron, the uh, podcast that discusses the Jesus Christ. I can never get this right. Uh, welcome under, <laughs> welcome to under the apron, the the podcast that gives you a peek under the pink underbelly of the service industry. One day I'll actually get that right. Um, hello, hello to everybody out yo. there. Yo, yo. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we have a very special episode today. Uh, we have a very special guest, we got some Mike's Hot Topic, uh, and some other stuff that we'll we'll uh, tell you in a second. And most importantly, uh, it's important to tell you that this is the second time that we're recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I fucked up as the new producer, Chris, if you ever hear this, I'm sure you'll love the fact that uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I miss and we we miss you dearly. But uh, we recorded this once already and I managed to delete the first half. So if you see <laughs> clips and you're like, why are they wearing different clothes and different clips? It's because this is three weeks later, I believe. And that's why. <laughs> um, a month older, a month wiser. A month older, a month wiser, and still uh, just as excited. And mostly it was an excuse to to uh, be able to hang out with our guest again. So um, that being said, we have our our co-host, our new co-host, our co-host as usual, our new as usual co-host, uh, Mikey Frappuccino. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, Laurent, for uh, crushing the intro, yeah, as yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, well, um, yeah, so this is going to be my first time. going to introduce, uh, no, sorry, not introduce, but I'm going to give a little breakdown of what's going on today. Um, after I'm done, Laurent is going to introduce our, intro. is that the word? Introduce? Yeah. Introduce- we are crushing this intro. Yes. <laughs> so to introduce our guest, um, who is back for the second time. We're so glad to see her again. Um, our guest will tell a story, uh, a brand new story, let's say that we haven't heard the first time. That's right. Let's go- <laughs> That's right. We've never heard this um, story. Yeah, we're going to hop into some Topic Roulette where uh, we all trade um, topics that the other people don't know about, and then we discuss. Um, we're going to do a bit of Q&A with uh, our guest. Oh, no, wait. Did we do that the last time? We Yes, we did. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to – yeah. W- when we cut it in, it'll all make sense. We're going to do a Q&A. We're going to do Chris Marcella's Fast 10. There we go. And we're going to finish with a quote or a joke from our guest. So mm. I'm going to kick it back to you, Laurent.
1: Thank you. I think we're both doing so well at introducing <laughs> this show. Uh. Uh, um, so our guest today, again, very special guest uh, for me, somebody who I love dearly. Uh, we met in Washington, D.C. like 15 years ago, I believe, something like that. Uh, we dated for a little while, and uh, but we've been friends ever since. Um, I I, you know, the I I mentioned this the last time, so it feels a little disingenuous, but it also feels important to to say that <clears throat> when I was there in DC, I was I was just starting my service industry career and Dylan was doing her services, she was working in the service industry as well, and I was supposedly trying to write, but I hadn't really gotten any self-discipline yet. And so, you know, that I had only gotten so far as to know that I wanted to write. And while I was dating Dylan, she was so about her craft as an actress and so dedicated to the work and it was really inspiring and that's something that i always remember and i'm left with in the time that we spent together um romantically and, and otherwise and then and she is now in la pursuing acting and producing and directing and she's doing such a great job and so talented and we're so lucky to have her uh, so welcome to the show dylan silva
2: Oh boy, I'm as moved by your words as I was a month ago. And there
0: we go. So
2: <laughs> I realized a month ago when we did this, or three weeks ago, I had like a really good audio setup, and I completely fucking forgot about all that. So <laughs> the quality of uh, my audio will be very different between. Yeah. no, you
1: sound you sound alright. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, good.
1: That's amazing. Also, uh, should be said, this is the first time that for sure anybody watching the the show. And and also myself have ever seen Mike without a hat on, and it's glorious.
0: You look great with the with the hair down. I love it. I appreciate so, that, man. I appreciate. Is that,
2: that. Is that years in the making?
0: Oh yeah, this is a COVID grow. Uh, this is my third long. Uh, I did a long fresh out of high school, and then I did like uh, the longest. Uh, you know, through all my whole my whole twenties, I had hair like down to here. Well, oh, I don't, like, my camera's moving, but like literally down to here. <laughs> but um it's it's uh, it's not growing like it used to oh no um yeah i had a shaved head at the beginning of lockdown and i was like fuck it i'm gonna do it again and it's not coming back this it time looks great time. though man i appreciate that thank you no, All
2: i like that you call it a long i've never heard that i've been it's doing
0: my long. third long yeah, yeah. look and, and I have my. both look. have glorious hair dude check out these grays
1: too come on i think that's I'm pretty a, cool man established gentlemen yeah punk rock <laughs> <laughs> um but dylan how, how you feeling what's going on you just told us off air that you're on your way to israel
2: yeah uh things are good here going abroad for a bit um hopefully protest a little bit out there and mm. uh, um, but work is, is good. I just got a new project funded that we're going to shoot in June. And Amazing. I don't know, we're just trying to, you know, get by guys.
1: That's awesome to- though. Congratulations.
2: Um, thank you very much. But I will say, and I said this three weeks ago that, uh, I'm so proud of this podcast. I am an avid listener. And <laughs> I, I always knew it was really talented and I'm just, it makes me so happy to see all the cool stuff that you make and the art shows that you do. And I only wish I was in New York so that I could rally myself and all my troops to go support you. And so. no,
1: it, Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I really do appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny because I actually uh, was just chopping up some clips for, to throw online from one of my other, ep- the, uh, one of our other episodes. Um, and it was one of my ex-girlfriends and one of the topics was, or one of the things that we discussed was, do you keep in touch with your exes? You know? Um, and I think that it's just, it, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing when you like, I love you. I think you're wonderful. I, I, I'm so proud of you. And I, and I, I feel like that's reciprocated and it's, it's great to be able to have these people in your life, um, who, who mean so much to you just just because the romance, isn't there anymore doesn't mean that there's not so much, you know, a wealth of of friendship to to be had. So I, I'm just I I feel fortunate that we've kept in touch as long as we have.
2: We also only dated for like three months. Th- for so three we, months. I think we had like a, a a soul connection in a friendship that was really deep from the get. So you know. I agree. Um uh and also um I'm getting married this year and my Yay! partner <laughs> and my partner Eli like. It took me ages to find somebody who not only respected that I'm friends with past people that I, you know, have dated and love, um, but that also did the same because it's, we trust each other, Eli and I, but I don't, I never understood why you would deny yourself more love in your life I agree. And share these beautiful experiences with good people. There are some partners that I do not want to engage with because it doesn't serve me and they're not necessarily great people, but like most of the, my past, you know, partners are really wonderful, and you're one of them. And Eli's one of his exes is one of our best friends. It's just, why go. would you not, you know, share the love? And I know Eli's stoked to meet you one day. And
1: yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. It, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 you know, uh, just a, a last thought on that uh, from my perspective is, is that I, I honestly, believe that that's like a social norm that that is in is so antiquated and built in uh insecurity and weird whatever i don't know how it all formed but everybody sort of like you're it comes with the computer like like uh fucking what's that game that you used to play uh mind something mine doesn't matter mind
2: sweep mind sweep
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love Mindsweep, but this is like, it comes with your computer that it's like, hey, you're supposed to not talk to your exes. And you're like, wait, why? What? What? This is like a file from like 1994. I, I don't need this anymore. I, I I guarantee you it was a
0: man's idea. Uh, probably, yeah. Right? <laughs>
2: and I feel like, yeah, I get both sides. Like, but to me, it's like, that's about you. If you're a kind of person that is not comfortable with that, yeah. I I can respect it for whatever, because you're inundated with it. Right. Before you got sure. to make choices. Sure you- maybe or, but, um, I, I can't entertain it myself.
1: I, I totally agree. And, and it makes it difficult to your point about having partners with, uh, who have differing views, because it's not like, it's like, Hey, listen, if you're, if you don't care to keep in touch with your exes, I'm not going to lie. That's that's a little bit of a red flag to me, but fair enough. Uh, there's enough people out there. But the problem is that people who have that mindset are very feel very weird about me keeping in touch with my exes because they just don't see the world like that. And so it, it comes across as like a threat to them. And right. that is just a really, I'm like, I, like you said, I don't have time for that. Like I, I, I'm, I
2: just can't. Yeah. If I, if you and I, if I haven't even have like a smidge of something that feels like threat too, it's that's for that's for me to sort out why and also talk to my partner and communicate with them about it. You know, it's not like, it's 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 probably not the thing that it feels like that's just a like a symptom of something deeper that's going on anyway so I,
1: I agree 100 okay. percent welcome back okay. to under under the apron the relationship <laughs> counseling podcast take a peek under the apron of talking to your exes <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike um, has no ex'es he just oh,
0: no has many I, <laughs> I just wasn't sure how long we were gonna go with this one I, was, <laughs> I, I, could, I could certainly talk about it you know what it is you know what it really boils down to for me? Um, is that I, I I spent such a long period of time single. I was single for like 14 years or something, mm-hmm. um, like legitimately. So like my girl, like real girlfriends, I would say, is like my high school girlfriend Laura, who I'm still friends with. Right. We talk we talk on Instagram mostly. I saw her like probably a year ago, but we're totally still friends. Everything's cool. Um, but there is one ex who I think we could be friends now, uh, but when we split i think we both knew that it was best for both of us if we didn't see each other or talk at all because like we we knew that we were not good for each other at the time but like there was no loss of love because, because of it yeah and certainly no loss of attraction and you guys know how it goes it's like if the, if those things are still active and you're seeing each other it's it's uh, you might as well not break up you might as well not have all these conversations you know what i mean Um, but I know she's married now and I'm married now and I think I I'm I would love to talk to her again and hang out with her, but like I should, right? Yeah, I should. If she's listening, she if she's listening, she knows who she is. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, but
2: you guys have also done episodes which really resonated for me as a view as a listener when you were like talking about because I remember in the dating scene, you know, bars you actively don't go to because the bartender you dated, or mm-hmm. like, yeah, or or if you're in the flirtation stage trying to just like, oh, I accidentally showed up on your right. shit, right, right like, <laughs> oh, hi. you know, right. I that's yeah. all that really um resonated with me big time. Like,
1: yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and like I I hear you, man. I, I I think that there is a natural progression to at post breakup where sure if especially if it was a serious and and like a a real relationship that you need time where you're not in each other's lives at all so Mm -hmm. that you can move on emotionally and all that stuff um you're always probably gonna be a little bit attracted to your to your ex but uh it it's still like Get get far enough away because I mean also there's two threats that happen if you don't let that time pass either you're gonna get your heart broken again or they're gonna get their heart broken again or you're gonna fuck again and then it's just gonna be really confusing. Then it's so, just sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely like, a, hey, we we dated, we broken up. Let's let's not hang out for a little bit, but hopefully you know if it all works out right and you care about each other enough, then you yeah back into each other's lives, as Dylan has and and I we've come back into one another's lives and we love each other and support each other and. Before we jump into (laughs) Dylan's story, uh, one one last thing to mention uh, in terms of, you know, my time, our time together, where we were hanging out a lot and we were dating and and everything, is that one day Dylan and I were hanging out at a river and she drew something on my my back shoulder. She just kind of stenciled something. And it was like this very cool, like cute artistic stenciled flower. And in my twenty-two-year-old body and mind, I was like, "I want this tattoo." And I like, like jumped in a cab and and you know went to the tattoo parlor not too long after she drew it. And um, I and got there.
2: Don't, don't do it. I don't know how to draw. I don't.
0: Know yeah, how
1: to draw. yeah. <laughs> no, but you did. Like, if it if it had been done the way that it looked on me when you drew it, it would have been great. But I gave the <laughs> tattoo artist. I gave the tattoo artist far too much creative license, and yeah. it turned into something completely different. And now I have a purple flower on my chest. Sick. Yeah. So that's
2: Your a fucking dope. Artist invented a flower because I yeah. don't know. Yeah.
1: Is. He was very creative and not a great artist. Um, but yeah. So and I got that's, two got I got two tattoos. Sick. You
0: have like a unique, bizarre flower on you. Like, yeah, I've got. A, I'll show you. Well, no, I'll I love it. Dude, <laughs> those are my favorite tattoos, man. Spur of the moment. Look yes. Yeah, I don't fuck around really with any other. one. I mean, like a, spur- a moment can last a couple days for me, though, I'll, I'll say that. So, you know, I come up with an idea and like, you know, within within three to five days, I'll usually get it. That's how I usually roll with yeah, tattoos. Yeah.
2: That's good. It's like percolating time, even though yeah. that moment is not percolating time. It's just a long just a sh- five day moment. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got to make sure I got to make sure I have the money and whatnot, you know, those considerations.
2: So, well, that's the thing. What when Laurent got that tattoo, and I think this is also like ties into your guys' show, is he you got out of a shift where you made really good tips that day. Yeah, yeah. The money in your hand <laughs> in 22, it's like, okay, I can walk and go deposit it, or I could yeah. get a fucking tattoo. And so that exactly you know, those sorts of choices are a real thing that happens when you're in the service industry and you know. <laughs> Yeah.
0: You know what? Uh, what was for me was getting out of work, and I, I worked on fucking McDougal Street, so there's tattoo okay. shops and piercings and all that shit all night. So I would get out of work, and I did it a couple times where I got tattoos that I don't regret. They're fine, but <laughs> a couple times I wanted to do, I wanted to get a tattoo, but I didn't have an idea, so I just got my nose pierced instead. Yeah, there you and, and then this. And then the second time I wanted to go get a tattoo, I had no ideas. I looked through the flash, couldn't think of anything. I got my septum pierced, but I don't have that pierced anymore. But there you go. Yeah, yeah. So I would just uh, do that instead. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dylan, you really just picked up. But that's a that's a very important thing that I don't know that we've ever discussed on this show. Which is, and and pretty much up until uh, the uh, up until COVID, almost everywhere that I worked was cash in hand. Like you got your credit card tips in cash in hand. You know, so like almost everywhere that I worked, I never got a check. So I'm literally just walking out with this thing burning a fucking hole in my pocket. Um, and it is fascinating. I mean, I think I'd be able to handle that a hell of a lot better now at my age. But but for sure, when I was younger, I, there were many a month where I didn't know if I was going to make rent. But I did have passion tattooed on my crotch that cost Wait. me fucking $200, <laughs> which was another tattoo that I got uh, while doing. Wait, how much did dealing. it cost you? I actually two hundred dollars probably not but it was, okay. this was dc maybe a hundred maybe a hundred bucks plus tips so 140 but at that time sure, I really sure. needed that money yeah. But i also really needed that tattoo yeah
0: you did
2: um, you, really, you really needed
1: it
0: there's one thing i could say about the cash in hand thing uh about getting out of work um it's like laurent like you live close to to alligator where you work now Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I lived in places that, you know, I like I worked in Williamsburg. I lived in Greenpoint. You know, I, I lived in Bushwick. I worked in Williamsburg, whatever it was. It was all relatively close. But for years, I was working in the East Village at at, uh, at the saki Bar. And I would have to take the N train right from from 8th Street in the East Village to fucking Diker Heights, Brooklyn. Oh, at, at five o'clock in the morning. Jesus you know what Christ. I mean? Yeah. So that, that cab, I did the cab maybe twice. It was like fifty or sixty dollars and I was like, just no, that's insane. Like I can I can get myself home on the train like I'm an adult. I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was always fun. I'd always I'd always roll it up and I'd stick it in my sock. Like under my foot. You know what I mean? Cause the end train in the middle of the night. Yeah, that shit was dude. I bought I bought a retractable baton that I kept on me. Like the end train was shady as fuck at night. Literally, uh one time a guy followed me home from the train. I was shit faced drunk. And it's the only time I've ever been um, mugged in New York. I actually, this dude attacked me in my driveway. I was walking up to uh, to, uh, to the door of my apartment. And he was, you know, we fought and and like I beat him. And then he was crying. All stuff. <laughs> what? But like, yeah, he was crying. It's a, it's a whole story. But Holy he cried shit. and I, I started scolding him. And like, <laughs> dude, there's a video of this. I have to find it in my email. There's a video of this. Like I, I scolded him. And I remember this, and I I, adrenaline blacked out, but I remember this very clearly. I was like, I was like, bro, I was like, you know that this isn't okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's sobbing and he tried, he was still trying to, he was like crying and like still trying to get money out of me. And I was like, bro, you got the wrong guy. And like, I pulled out my wallet, which had nothing in it because all the cash was in my sock. There you go. And and then I literally gave him my sandwich and he ran off.
1: Oh, it was really intense.
0: Yeah. God, dude, that's rough. Yeah. Crazy I story.
2: Gonna be, I thought this was going to be a story of the amount of times where you got out of a shift and you're like, oh, fuck it. I'm taking the taxi. <sighs> I didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, I that's what this was. <laughs> no, no
0: it, was, it was. That was the night where I finally I was like, oh, so I'm not paranoid for putting my money in my sock. Like, no, you yeah. know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah. yeah that's a that, yeah a whole other issue with getting cash in hand is just how do i get this from the you know cuz there was a time when i don't know how much it was a like a, a myth or a, or just sort of like an assumption and how much it was based in facts but certainly i i remember feeling as though People would case bars and restaurants mm. and wait for the staff to leave because they knew that they were all leaving with a decent amount of cash in their in on them, in their possession. I and I never actually ran into that, but that I remember being very scared, especially in DC, because DC uh. was still there were parts of DC when we were out there uh, living there at the time that were rough. I mean, most people that we knew got mugged. I got mugged at gunpoint once, not when I was coming back. Jesus from, fucking from, gunpoint, man. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Can't believe um, that. And That's I crazy. mean, crazy story. And we, we should jump into the most important story, which is Dylan's story. But um, I uh, very quickly got mugged at gunpoint was so like fucking, uh, you know, shook that I, I, didn't even go to the cops afterwards i just made my way to my friend's house and just kind of like let my uh my nerves calm down but then Please. the next day i decided to go to the to the police station cuz i was like for other people's benefit i need to i you know i i don't think they're going to catch them but they should at least know that this is going on and i i told them and they i gave them the description and they were like somebody of your description like a tall white male in in their 20s was on the next block today so the day after same exact description two young men and a pistol and he fought back and they killed him and so i was like and, and i was thinking at the time well, i remember the biggest thing that was oh shocking to me about the the experience of having a gun to my head was i would always think i'm just going to be scared and give them my stuff and leave but my my immediate gut reaction was anger and I, mm. I, remember I had to fight myself in my head to not try to fight back and not do anything. And then to find out somebody got killed on the next block. Anyway. Unreal. Great. So, okay. So, so don't bring your cash home with you boys and girls. Put it in your bank. Or get a tattoo with it. That way, they can't steal your tattoo. The, the, you know, Use your nose. There you go. Use your
0: nose. Get your tattoo. Get
2: also, in there. New York, do people even do... I mean, I mean, I know in the West Coast, like, everyone uses a card now. There is no... There's very infrequent that you see cash being passed around so
0: yeah and- the, a lot i think a lot of a lot of pos systems account for that now and it kind of comes out of your cash due yeah you know what i mean and then it gets evened out yeah. uh, uh within the banks kind of thing so i don't, I don't i'm don't, i not sure like are there people who get tips in a check now i don't know i'm so yeah, yeah oh
1: no for sure that that's become the norm i so, oh, so no in, shit in the the two places huh. that i've worked re- regularly post covid uh you still get your cash tips but your cash tips are less and less and less because everybody just has card now cash is such a a rarity these days uh which is bizarre and that's something that you notice when you're bartending uh, it's certainly been like a a pretty significant uptick in like hey people nobody has cash anymore because you're so reliant on your cash tips cuz you're like I want to bring some cash home I don't want it all going into my fucking uh paycheck and but I like you're lucky to walk home with a hundred bucks in cash, and then the rest, of, right,
2: gotcha.
1: then the, re- the rest, of it's credit card tips, and and so it goes into a paycheck that you get either at the end of the week or every two weeks, which is oh, great man. in terms of being responsible. But it's right. <laughs> slow it slow it down, yeah. Slow it slow down. It down. You don't need <laughs> so many tattoos oh, on your shit. fucking I, pelvis. Bro. I, I was
0: gonna say I wish I got you know it's funny I was like kind of talking shit about it in my head until you said that part, and I was like, wait a second, that yeah. actually is kind of fucking brilliant. Yeah. I kind of wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But then you have to claim, you claim all of it, right? Because you've got paper trail of every tip So that's,
1: that's part of the issue is you it, it does know, get yeah. on your taxes uh, a lot more. And then- you the, should,
2: Like we're not encouraging anyone to not put things on their tax. Right, yeah, sure.
1: No, listen, <laughs> we're all American. Am. This is a patriotic podcast. I am. But <laughs> okay. let's be Let's be honest. It was one of the benefits of working in the service industry is that you could sort of like, because you're not making that that much money to begin with. And yeah. so- oh. like, yeah. You know, anyway, there it, it's a very it, it is a transition that's happening currently, cash in hand to I would assume in the next five, 10 years, it's almost it's just gonna be paycheck. Um we're gonna be, we're gonna be living,
0: we're gonna be in Star Trek, we're gonna be on credits, bro. It's gonna exactly. be all credit, universal credits. When you know,
1: when you, sorry, no, no, please don't.
0: You go.
2: No, just that it always bothered me when I when in the service industry. I never worked in the state of New York as a waitress, so I'm not sure what it is there, but in the states I worked in. And specifically dc mostly our hourly pay was such garbage oh, it was so bad. Like 270 and when i came to california and i learned that their laws are actually slightly better and they do family meals and it's not a archaic yeah. thing that doesn't exist anymore it's sort of like wow we were treated really poorly and so no mm-hmm. wonder you know your cash is so vital because you it was hard to survive sometimes yeah
1: and not vital enough not to get just random fucking tattoos with all the money that I just made but still (laughs) vital vital to uh, enough but okay listen first of all I just want to say truly and sincerely to both of you I was like, "Oh shit! How's this gonna go? It's a second re- run. Whatever. We, we can't shut the fuck up. We're having so much fun talking to each other. So I, I, I'm glad that we did this. This is the, uh, it's nice. I'm glad that that we were inspired to have like some organic conversation because I didn't want to just be, you know, trying to re- repeat. So this is nice. This is fun. Let's oh, yeah. keep it moving. Uh, and let's let's kick it to Dylan for her uh, service industry story.
2: Wait, Mike doesn't do his, doesn't Mike get have a topic or something? He's That's doing after-
1: hot topic, but he's doing that after you.
2: Oh, after, okay. Mm.
0: Didn't you listen to me botch my intro about uh, the order of everything?
2: (laughs) Uh, I did, and I I clearly was confused by it. So,
0: yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay,
2: my story is... uh, Okay, I'm going to paint the picture again as if Mike has never heard this before. (laughs) So, Mike, when Laurent and I lived in D.C., Mm -hmm. uh, it was very different than what it is now. Um, It was a... It felt like a melting pot to me, you know, a couple blocks different. You felt like you were in a, you were immersed in different communities—Ghanaian communities, Ethiopian communities. There was one strip that was specifically for jazz music. There, I mean, it was such a beautiful place, and you constantly felt like you were a visitor in someone else's home, but a welcomed one. Cool. Um, and Adams Morgan was this two-block strip where we would always kick it on Friday, Saturdays nights. Um. Was like, and each bar catered to different themes. Like, there was one bar I remember Laurent and I would step in just for like three or four songs when some shitty Eagles track was playing, just to like dance with bros. And then, (laughs) um, across the street from that was Million Ales, which is like if you were into like metal music and skulls, and that was my favorite spot. They passed around jello shots for no reason at any Uh time,
0: yeah. That's um, sick. <laughs>
1: it was all <awful.
2: laughs> then uh the only restaurant in the area that was open when all the bars shut at 2 a.m. was a 24 hour diner. And that's where I worked for most of my I worked in a bunch of different places, but that was my favorite place that I had um waitressed at.
0: And, and sorry, I interrupted you at this exact same moment last time. <laughs> uh 24 hour diner waitress, fucking badass. That's so yeah. sick. I love it. Go on. <laughs>
2: uh, it's like, uh, I I went to DC two years ago and I saw that th- that place is not 24 hours anymore. Oh. I think they was at like 9 p.m. It's no. just oh. is like not the place anymore that it that it was at all. It yeah, okay. it, was a, it was a time in our lives that kind of feels like is not. I don't know. I don't want to diss DC, but um, yeah. uh, so um. Okay, so I was like, yeah. So it was like the spot, like at two AM. You're drunk. You're hungry. You you roll up to the diner, and it was so popular that we had bouncers because they had to like mitigate who got to go in. They had a red carpet, and the I I should have looked that word up. What is the word for the you know when you let someone in and
1: you open oh, the, the uh, red velvet rope. The,
2: the rope. velvet rope. Yes, we had a <laughs> red velvet rope, and this is a <laughs> diner. <dynamic>, okay, <So laughs> the velvet rope and a bouncer. Um, and my shifts were always the midnight to seven a.m. because I'm 18. I'm the youngest. Um, at the time, I was the youngest waitress I've ever worked there. Uh, and I was just all about, I just felt so cool. and all the, like everyone knew everyone. So I got to go into all the bars that summer. It felt really, my first summer there felt really magical. Um, but it was also, um, a lot of hard learning experiences, particularly with the clientele that would come in at that time of night, um, as a young girl learning, I learned a lot. (laughs) Um, but there's one particular day where, um, somebody came into the restaurant alone and this is probably like 3 a.m. So the huge mad rush has subsided, but there's still a significant amount of people at the restaurant.
1: Right.
2: Um, this dude ordered a bunch of shit. He ate by himself and it was really busy. And all of a sudden I hear my manager scream, where the fuck is that guy? I, I didn't even, he was talking to me. Then he pats me and I look and I see that it's the dude that was in my section. And the manager said he dined and dashed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was the first time I'd ever, sort of heard about that. And he was like, "If and, and he came right up to me and he said, if you don't go after him and get him to come back and pay, I'm taking it out of your paycheck. Fuck and that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 18 and I don't know any better. So I'm shaking. I'm, I'm really upset. I clearly feel like this is my fault, even though it's not. And, um, and my superior is telling me to go run after this guy. So I go run after this guy. Cause I'm an 18 year old Dum dumb you know and I I um it's three o'clock in the morning no girl should be run. I mean Laurent has mentioned you know what DC. Yeah. Was, it's just not the right thing to do in any city you know usually at that time of night so um Adams Morgan had an incline and I saw the guy running up the hill and turning the corner towards I think it was like a Safeway. way there was a supermarket so I start running after him and I'm calling <laughs> after him and then all of a sudden someone grabs me on the shoulder and pulls me back and whips me around. And I get really scared and I turn and I see it's the bouncer. It's the dude who, you know, is at the front of the restaurant and he is livid. And he's, he, again, another man is living with me. And he's like, <laughs> he's like what, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm crying at this point. I'm like, I, I run and it's my money and I'm and and he was like, no, "No, no, no, you don't listen to what anybody says if it puts you in danger. The only person who is looking out for you is you in this life."
0: Straight up, hell yeah,
2: yeah. And he, you know, I think he gave me a hug and walked me back. And he was like, "Fuck <laughs> that manager," you know. Straight up. And um, to be honest, I can't remember if they he took the money out or didn't. I just was so grateful for that bouncer that sort of gave me a life lesson because I think even if people want to do well in this world and do the right thing you know I think innately like people are doing the best they can with where they're at and what they know and who knows what this manager was going through maybe he was having the worst day of his life maybe he was about to lose his job maybe I don't know but you know he was terrible to a young person and could have put them in a lot of harm.
1: Yeah. So I have mm-hmm.
2: empathy, but I also understand that like even the people that I think have my back, I have to consider that at the end of the day my choices are my own. Yeah. And I have, to have responsibility for what I do and what I don't.
1: Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a huge that's a that's a such an impactful lesson that I think everybody has to learn at some point, but but the fact that you have a specific moment in time that you remember as the time the when you learned it and that there's a person there. I think I mentioned this the last time that we recorded, but it reminded me, it reminds me of um, waiting the movie and there's a guy who does the dishes in the back and he's just this like ever like just, the most knowledgeable wise person in the world. And he just has like these poignant things to say to everybody who comes back and talks to him while he's washing dishes. And that's just like an amazing, that's an amazing thing for somebody to go out of their way to, to help you, but also to say, Hey, nobody in the world is going to care about you as much as you care about you or, or, you know, nobody, nobody's got, got your back, but you like, I mean, it's true, you know, it, it's yeah. a, that's, it's a real important lesson to learn. It's a beautiful thing. Also, Fuck any restaurant that makes you responsible yeah. for, for a dine and dash straight. Like what, what is that? I don't know if anybody still does that, but that's some
0: garbage policy. Yeah. I mean, like, especially like chase them up the block. Like, I don't know. That just seems like, like, is there no end to the jurisdiction? You know what I mean? Like fucking it's crazy, man. Fuck that manager, whoever that person was. Um, Like you said, maybe he was going through something, but either way, you know, uh, ordering off an eighteen-year-old girl to go chase some fucking drunk dude in the middle of night—it's crazy shit.
2: It's madness. But I think, like the older I get, the more I realize that most people are not good at putting themselves in someone else's shoes, especially mm-hmm. in a moment where yeah. um, there's a, there's a, some stakes. You know, we're really <laughs> stuck with our own stories about something, and we can't be objective. You know, I.
1: I agree with you. I mean, and not, not that we're a political podcast, but uh, the, you know, I think that that, re- what you just said, people's inability to truly put themselves in other people's positions and shoes, whatever, is the foundation for racism, for sexism, for homophobia, for any sort of like hatred towards another people. Yeah. Uh, it, it all just comes from, sure. from like a, a, a lack of empathy, which really at the end of the day comes down to being able to go i'm not that person but i can try to understand where that person is coming from yeah Yeah.
0: let's
1: let's throw shitty customers into that list you know what i mean yeah yeah shitty customers racist sexist um but no that's a that's a beautiful story also you know and this wouldn't have been the case uh three weeks ago when we recorded i just went back to dc for the first time in a very long time and my girlfriend had never been and we went and ate ethiopian food in adams morgan so she got to see adam's oh, Morgan. yeah awesome.
0: what, she did, what ethiopian had, did you get
1: she had never had ethiopian food before so it was an amazing experience for her um i don't really remember the, the my friend matt shout out matt fortier uh was hi, hi matt also hi. uh dylan i think maybe something's going on with your sound but i'm not sure
0: oh.
1: but it's okay um but Matt, Matt brought us to a uh, an Ethiopian place and just said, like, already had the order down and we, we got yeah. uh but it was it was cool. Also, shout out to my girlfriend, and she may hate me for saying this, but she doesn't know shit about politics, so she didn't know shit about DC, but she was she, as she is just a happy-go-lucky person. She's like, Yeah, I'll go to DC. Yeah, I'll see what's up. And I was like, Is there anything that you want to hear that, that you want to see while you're in DC? This is a trip for you. I, I've been, I live there. Like, I want I want you to be dictating. I know you don't Know a lot about the city, but is there anything you want to see? <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I want to see the White House, and I want to see the place where Forrest Gump gave his speech." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we went to the Lincoln Memorial,
0: and I she's like, "Oh my
1: God, this is where Forrest Gump gave his speech." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool that's glorious i'm a, I'm a huge forrest gump fan so i i respect that i respect that's American
1: that history right there baby uh yeah man it was, it was a beautiful uh it was it was cool to get back and see it and see it through somebody else's eyes who had never been there before um <laughs> okay moving right along <clears throat> we have gotten to the very highly anticipated part of the show mike's hot topic baby yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right
0: welcome uh everyone to Mike's hot topic taking you just a little deeper into the pink underbelly of the service industry. That's how I'm so calling <laughs> I'm calling today's segment Tipping to America. Oh. Um and I'm going to uh give a quick breakdown. This is going to be a quick one. This is a quick Mike's hot topic um quick breakdown of uh tipping in America and how it came to be. Love it. So, the word tip um <laughs> has its uh it, it, it's it's They're not exactly sure when it first came around um, in in England, but it's uh, around 1600, and it meant a small present of money, not necessarily uh, in terms of restaurants, just in general. Um, The first use of it as a verb uh, can be found in uh, a a British play in 1707, um, where it was used as uh, an unnecessary and gratuitous gifting of something somewhat taboo. I don't really have much context on that, so you can kind of swirl that around and see what you might think of it. Um, In the mid-16th century, in the Tudor period of of England, uh, tipping started to come in sort of in the master-servant scenario where masters would tip their uh, uh, servants for uh, like a high performance. If they did really well at at a dinner party or something like that, they would give them a little little extra. Um, In the 17th century, um, also in England, Overnight guests were expected to leave a small gift uh, for their, uh, a small monetary gift for whoever it was that hosted them. Um, and then this eventually uh, 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 moved on to tipping in coffee houses, sort of more in the in the realm that we know today. Um, in the 1850s and 1860s, uh, Americans took on tipping, and it's said that uh, most of the time, this was a, a richer Americans or people who just had a little bit of money trying to act like British aristocracy. Oh. So they would, because the Brits were already doing it, they would come over here and kind of do it. So Americans would be like, oh, I also drop a shilling, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, so because of this, people saw tipping as a way for rich people to show their status over them. So it was it was seen as a bad thing. Also this there's not like a lot of literature around it, but there's there's a lot of reports I read this in a couple different places that a lot of the positions that were held by people who weren't getting paid enough, right where tipping would be uh, coming into play because this person is not being tipped well enough were recently freed slaves. So that was another association that a lot of people were like, well, you know I, I can't be in a job like that or even even people who were working in those positions, you know, it was it was this. It wasn't like a positive thing. It was like I'm not getting fucking paid because I'm a recently freed slave. So I get this tip. You know, a lot of negative connotations around it. Um, so much so that in 1909, tipping was actually outlawed in six different states. Oh, but by 1926, all of that had re- had been uh, repealed. So tipping was not outlawed in those places anymore. Um, and in so then the way that tipping really locked in, and I remember this now, uh, Laurent, that you and Chris talked about this one time on one episode. You guys, you guys were having a debate as to which one. So it turns out that yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 we're fans, we're fans. Uh, 19 in uh, 1919, the beginning of prohibition, uh, is sort of when the tipping that we know today began, because uh, restaurants, hotels, bars took such a massive hit from not being able to sell alcohol in turn, you know, they're just everything sales went down so they couldn't pay their uh, servers enough. Hence, bam, here we are. There you go. Tipping to America. Tipping to America. There it is.
2: Not a beautiful history, which honestly feels validating because in its essence, it's a very tricky thing. I mean, you guys have talked about how it serves you know, you had a a, a bartender, like a killer, who I need to go to her bar, but like mm-hmm. some killer bartender on, yeah, she, yeah. she benefits from it, but yeah. that's a few select few. And it's a, it is a way for a lot of businesses to get away with paying less and, you know, and yet the businesses say they can't survive if they pay their employees more because that's the most expensive part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it, it's it's fascinating how we got here. And then, you know, it's also fascinating to me because there's there's a an ongoing debate of do you stop the the tipping altogether and then have people paid a just a paycheck? And the reality, as we mentioned on that, that uh episode that you're talking about, Dylan, um, which is with Janelli uh, you know, there is a top 20% of of people who work in the service industry who would be fucked by that and i'm included in that because the money that i make i exploit the system i've i've <laughs> broken into the the positive end of that system where i am getting paid regularly well enough and and would be i would lose a lot of income if if they were to change that system but there's 80 percent or 70 percent of the of the people in the industry who would this would actually really benefit so it the, the the whole tipping thing is fascinating I thank you Mike for for taking the time to put that together that's it, it, yeah uh, it's interesting it's a it's a weird world that we live in uh yeah all that so um anyway. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got to do this. This was a lot of fun. I don't know if any, either of you guys have anything left that you want to to add to this before we kick it back to ourselves three weeks ago. Um <laughs>
0: go back in time can you um can you edit in uh, at that moment when we when you switch over could there be like a i'll try and find it oh dude find a sound clip of a uh, wainsworth <laughs> i feel like
2: he could just use the noise you just made <laughs> yeah, dude, wait,
0: wait this this will be a test for your audio knowledge dude can you can you reverb me out
1: i don't know about
0: that yeah <laughs> but, come on this will be the hold up. all three of us all three
1: of us just just do the sound okay. <laughs> I love how
2: we're doing the hands. Too. <laughs> like it, that's necessary.
1: It's important. It's important. Um, uh, well, Dylan, I hope that your time in Israel is wonderful. Thanks
2: a lot, guys. Yeah, have um, so much
1: fun. Damn. Yeah, it was good. I, I, like I, I, I'm surprised. i not. I shouldn't be surprised. I, I enjoy hanging out with both you guys on Zoom, but uh, <laughs> but I, I'm just pleasantly surprised by by how easy and fun this was. So. Um, oh, yeah. Also, want to say real quick because I forgot to say it: uh, check us out on Instagram, check us out on TikTok, check us out. Check, thank you to Private Jet for uh, for yeah sponsoring us. Thank you to. We have a bunch of new sponsors. Manthong is one of our new sponsors. Uh, we got uh, what else do we got? I I forget, but we got a couple. I
2: it's fake or real? But I really hope it's real.
1: Have you not <laughs> seen that? I'll send it to you. We have a great ad for Manthong. Um,
0: what? Yeah. <laughs> But uh yeah I'll tell you what they you're going to you're going to be disappointed. You're not going to get uh, as much as you want. As oh, dude. I, I told as I told Lebron,
1: You're not the I'll, only person I'll who leave it at that. that I got an, I got to text uh, well, from a couple I've people. Well I have
2: been there and done that, right? That's so true like, but
1: not yeah. in a song. You've never seen yeah. it in a right. or have you? I don't remember. Maybe you have. I don't, know. I don't <laughs> know. All right. On that, note, <laughs> <laughs> Uh we'll kick it back to ourselves for some topic roulette. Thanks everybody and Thank uh, you. All right. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we are going to jump into topic roulette. Topic roulette is when uh, we have a topic to discuss. Our guest has a topic to discuss. Neither of us know what that is coming in. Um, and we talk about it for eight minutes and then move on to the next one. So Dylan, would you like to to start? Sure. Okay. Uh,
2: I had a couple of I don't know. At the end, I feel like the thing I'm most curious about to know from you guys, and maybe I've listened to almost all the episodes. But maybe if this was something that was already done, tell me, and I'll come up with something. Different. Sure. But I was thinking about um, lies that you've told customers. <laughs>
1: I love that we have not discussed. Um, it.
2: Okay, good. The like, <clears throat> there was such simple stuff that I would say about, like. It, 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 especially at the diner a lot of people would ask for half-calf coffee which meant pour half regular coffee and then half decaf coffee uh, and that was just two steps to and if it was busy i would forget all the time <laughs> so i'd you know bring them a coffee and they'd be like this is half-calf right and be Like, oh yeah, yeah yeah, of course yeah
0: <laughs> definitely
2: definitely and like things like that are like uh I can give small and big examples, but yeah, I'm curious from you guys. Like, what are some of the shit that you've lied about?
0: I love that. (laughs) Do you uh, are we thinking like simple ones or more nefarious ones? Because I mean, I've
2: (laughs) what are you thinking about? (laughs) Yeah, come on. (laughs) Well,
0: listen. Well, here, you know, when I was working at the comedy seller I felt like maybe nefarious was the wrong word. That seems like a. a, You know, I'm not like that dastardly, like, you know, making this shit up like behind the bar. But, um, you know, sort of like because uh, I worked at the Comedy Cellar. So like a big aspect of my job was like answering questions about, uh, uh, you know, I would I would put people's reservations in for the shows and stuff like that. I'd answer questions about the lineups. Um, and whenever I had tourists at the bar, they would, you know, they'd always be concerned about the line because the line's kind of intimidating you know the reservation line it's it's out it's around the corner and people are never sure which line to get in it's like all chaos so i would sort of play up like how crazy it is out there and how like how how i don't really know the line guys that well which was complete bullshit they were like <laughs> some of my best friends and i'd be like yeah i don't know i could see if i can go out there and like, pull, you know, I could see if I can get your seating card for you. That way you don't need to go out to the line. And I'd be like, hey, just give me a second. Just give me a second. And like, I go like kind of like talk to one of the servers, but it would be bullshit. I'd be like, yo, let me just, let me just stand over here for a second and just talk. To <laughs> and like, and then I go back to them and be like, yeah, I was just seeing if that server could run out for me. He can't really swing it. I'll see if I can swing it and like kind of build it up. And they'd be like, yo, bro, we'll take care of you if you, if you can make this happen. <laughs> and meanwhile, the whole time I know that if I go out there, it's going to take me 30 seconds, I will have their seating card, and then I'm probably going to make like an extra $20 now because of that. I used to do that all the time. Wait, but you were doing it all the time.
2: You were doing it because what, what is, what, what, just to fuck with them or. No, to, to get
0: to, to, so that they would think that I had to really go through something to so go get their seating card so that they, they hook me up. Cause they, they would yeah. say that too. Like, yo bro, is there any way we can get the seating card early? And I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. You know, I'm like kind of just like walk away quickly and then come back in and check in with them. I'm like, all right, so what are we talking about with the seating card? You guys just, uh, is it just, you're not, you're confused about the line. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, you know what, let me see if I can work something out, you know, like, Build it up for a while. And they'd always be like, bro, we'll hook you up. We'll hook you up, bro. Like, we'll hook you up. I'm like, cool, cool. (laughs) Smart. Yeah.
1: I
2: like it.
0: That is is a fucking
1: deep state strategy, right? Yeah. A little nefarious, right? (laughs) A little nefarious. (laughs) That is I've never lied with the intention of like getting people on my side. That's that's some stuff that like (laughs) good for you, buddy.
0: (laughs) Listen, man, it's a they're they're coming through. Those people, those are tourists, they're leaving in two days. You know, make an extra 20 off of them. They're looking to spend it anyway oh yeah uh dylan and i was, was doing them a big favor, favor to be to be clear they were getting a big uh yeah they were getting a big thing but it just wasn't that big of a deal for me <laughs> um sounds like you
2: put on a show for them at the end of the day yeah oh <laughs> yeah it's
0: all, it's all theater baby it's all theater
1: that's right dylan mm-hmm. was that was that your your example it Was just the
2: uh the half cap i have a yeah. bunch of others like yeah. i mean for me it was always this because the, the little things add up you know like if it's busy uh I remember a lot of the desserts at places that I worked. We were responsible for building, and so if it was busy, like the last thing you wanted to do is make somebody a fucking sundae.
0: Yeah. So
2: if it, so, if somebody was like, "Hey, do you can I have a sundae?" and I'd be like, "Oh, what kind of flavor ice creams do you like?" or whatever they said, I'd be like, "I think we're out of it." Yeah, yeah, like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. like
2: little things to. I mean, I'm sure I I know that when your your section is really busy and you don't want more people like you know you sort of paint the picture a little bit to your to the hostess um if it's that it's worse than it really is or <laughs> you, you know or if there are people that you liked or you could like tell when someone would walk in if they were going to be good yeah table like a good table to serve or not so you would be like hey how can I ha-? like go up to them and then they'd right. be like oh we'll sit with her that would be cool you know like little of course big yeah little lies big ones i mean yeah but I, any big lies i said in the service industry is just because i wanted someone to think i was cool they were like some like <laughs> bartender i thought was hot and i wanted them to like me or like something like that fair it wasn't, that's yeah. fair um yeah
1: i i've done aii I still do a lot of the like it, and th- these days it's if it's busy at the bar and somebody's is like, can you make a old fashioned or anything like that? I'm like, ah, don't have it. Sorry, man. Like don't, we're out of yeah. one of the ingredients. That's, that's a easy go-to for sure. Um, yeah. or another one is like, I'm gay or I'm seeing somebody, even if I'm not just to get out of a, like, are you single question? Oh. Um, yeah. I've never done the a gay boyfriend. before. I'll go gay sometimes. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then the fully accent, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some, sometimes the question is are you straight and I'm like I don't know I want this line of questioning to end here because I know no. when there's a follow-up question I know where we're going with this so I'm like no yeah. I'm not thank you, you for asking
0: if you lift up you lift up your shirt show yeah, I yeah, like this show this passion be like wouldn't you look think, like I'm babe? straight <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> um but the biggest by far the most like severe lies and the most consistent lies that i've ever told in my service industry world has been to get out of work i have come up with some real creative ways oh, yeah. <laughs> to not come into work uh, like and well okay so the one that i've told on this podcast before which is the most memorable and the most oh, fucked yeah. up and i genuinely do feel bad about this is that for <laughs> no. some reason for some reason when i was in dc I don't think you and I were dating anymore, but we might've been, cause it was at the restaurant that, uh, it was at front page. Um, oh,
2: I visited Laurent so many times. They yeah, so many nice pictures of us all there. there yeah. yeah, there are. <laughs>
1: um, but,
2: but Laurent it, hated working there. I did. Like he lasted a lot longer than anybody thought you were going. To oh there. no,
1: I know. I trust <laughs> me. Um, but I, uh, I for some reason it, I really needed wanted to be off for St. Patrick's Day and this the this restaurant that I was working at is like a huge like that's they're they they crush on St. Patrick's Day um so I needed I knew I needed like a big one <laughs> so I went into the office and I literally started crying and I said my dad had just died <laughs> And he's still trying to keep me on. Uh, it's like no. I can't. I don't know. I'm not
0: going to be able to serve these people.
1: I don't <laughs> know what <laughs> to do. And finally, the manager is like, "Okay, Lorna, just go home." And I was like, "Thank oh, you God. so much. Thank you. I'll call you and let you know what I'm doing." I mean, you went out doesn't... and partyed for like three days straight. <laughs> fucking oh, fucking shit, I am. Jesus, sorry. You dad. probably, you probably felt like your dad had just died, right? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did after after three days of partying. I definitely did. But yeah, that was a bad one. And your father
2: lives in another country. So you also knew like, he's not just going to come in for a shift and be like, hi, I'm here. Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: You know, I never thought it through because he he does, you know, visit every once in a while. So (laughs) that would have been real rough if he was like, I want to see the place that you work. I'm like, okay, we can go. But you can't tell them that you're
0: my dad. You're you're like, uncle. Yeah, you're you're standing at the office crying, and like your 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 manager's just looking at you, like, huh? You're like, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was bad. I, I'm trying to think of other lies. I can't. You I have can't...
2: mentioned some inadvertently, like in episodes, like yeah. you you talked about one where someone was rude to to a, to a friend of yours, and then you're like, you just. You were just dissing the manager.
1: Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: <laughs> I think we lie so much more than we realize in the service industry, and it's not because it's not coming from a bad oh. place. It's just sort of like this is, oh, you have a good one. I
0: just right. thought of a, I just thought of a funny uh. one. I just, I just thought of a funny one. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's more along the lines of like, I'll just put it this way. We used to, uh, do in the cellar because there's a service bar. No, no not one customer can see anything that's happening for the the comedy seller service bar. So you can pull a lot of weird, you know, a lot of weird, if you have to mix the drink completely incorrectly, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, Because most of the time, people don't even know what they're drinking. Um, But we used to do, uh, like, uh, a a dry Chardonnay with a splash of cranberry. Rosé, baby. Done. Done. Dude, dude, I'm talking whole nights. Every glass of rosé we poured. And this was like... When the rosé thing was happening, you know, like what was that, like ten years ago, when rosé like really fucking like popped off for like a few years, dude. Entire nights, four shows, not one complaint, <laughs> not Amazing. one complaint. Splash wow. of cranberry in a in a dry uh, dry white wine. There you That's go. A That's a great tip for all you uh, bartenders. <laughs> yeah, listen up, listen up, youngins. <laughs> if you ever need, or for some anyone Rose. who ever
2: goes to the comedy cellar, now they know. Don't yeah, ask for exactly. rosé. <laughs> uh they they know what they're doing really fast don't tip the the guy who helps you with the line
1: (laughs) yeah also don't go to the fucking comedy cellar and order a rosé that doesn't make sense that's the shit that pisses me off that's why i have no problem telling people that i don't have the ingredients for some of these cocktails they ask for i'm like this is a dive bar man like we don't have a fucking Peach
0: martini. Like, why yeah. would you want me to make that for you here? It's going to be disgusting.
1: If we have it, it's going to be disgusting. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're like, you're like, this is
0: alligator lunch. Don't you smell it in here? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the worst. Also, another like the lie that most of us are telling every day that we work in the service industry is like, I'm happy to be here. Right. Like, that's like, you're full on living a lie your entire fucking experience. Yeah, um
0: yeah but, so the biggest
1: lie of the service industry was the past 15 years of my life That's yeah <laughs> or, or exactly or and this is kind of shitty to say but then this is a real one and a weird one but is regulars who sort of miss misunderstand the nature of your friendship and you're not willing to draw that line and say hey I love you too, buddy, but we're not really friends, right? There are a couple people, there are regulars who I consider friends or like who I genuinely love, but certainly a a lot of them who are just kind of latched on in an unhealthy way. And Mm. I I allow that to proceed by essentially lying, by not drawing a line in the sand, Mm. being like, we're not best friends. You don't have to like all
0: of my social media content. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Honestly... Honestly, I think we should bring this up on another episode. This should be like a fucking, like a long topic. Just this alone, specifically the the regular. Yeah. Who's gone too far. <laughs> We're going to have to cut that out. Crazy, crazy, dude. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah the, the, I feel like that could be a whole topic on its yeah. own. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that could be a full episode. And yeah. I feel bad because I actually am aware of a couple
1: of regulars who have listened to this podcast and been had their feelings hurt by, by hearing us talk about this in the past. And, you know, I, I, again, that, 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 speaks to the lie. That's our, our responsibility to look somebody in the eyes and say, but it's really difficult, man, when you're talking to somebody who's fucking blackout drunk all the time. And it's like, when, when's my opportunity to be, to clarify the <laughs> your situation?
2: You're not in, a, you're not in a position of where you can be completely transparent because exactly. your manager will be like, why are you disrespecting this person that's here right. at this establishment I think like the older I get the more respect I have and the more patience I have for mm. bartenders service industry people I mean not only are you do I imagine it's it's more physically exhausting as you get older but like you're dealing with I, I think that the thing that I realized really quickly when I was a waitress is that people don't necessarily see me as a as a bull hum, human <laughs>
1: sure it's yes a very
2: strange thing like I and um And that's why. And I found it interesting that people discredit, which you guys have touched on, especially in the beginning of the podcast, like discrediting this profession when it is Mm. like it is a very difficult laborious. So most of the people I've met, you've talked about your communities, like they are intelligent, smart people who are working really hard and um, and yet they're sort of treated like something that's not just. Oh, this person maybe if they like me, cool. If they don't, no big deal. You know, right. they're like, no, right. this person loves me because right. they're my <laughs> server. They're like, no, it's you're still people trying, you know, meeting people. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah well, it... and That is a great segue into mm. our second topic, um which is, and it's uh, we we te- we definitely touched on it a a decent amount at the begin at the top of the show, but specifically being an artist in the service industry, right? Um, Dylan is is and has been uh, an actress for a very long time. Uh, Mike has been a musician while in the service industry for a long time. I have uh written and put together art shows and and now you know the the podcast, I guess can sort of be considered something in the art world but um definitely. So uh you know, I just wanted to talk about the pros and cons and and just what it's like. To be pursuing an art while working in the service industry. So, I how know. do you
2: feel about that? Where are you at with that now? Me? You know, yeah.
1: Well, I so I think that the the benefit of it there there's a lot of good, right? So, first of all, most importantly, logistically, I don't have to take work home with me. I don't that it, it's so easy to be in this little box that's over here right? There are not too many jobs that allow you to be somewhat financially stable that don't require a lot of your brain data outside of work or that stress you out so much that it affects you on your free time. So it's perfect in that situation, as long as you're pursuing it the right way, which for instance, you were, like I said, when we were uh, seeing each other you had found a balance where you knew what your free time was worth and you were going to put yourself into that space and use that space on, you know, and and then there's also the community that you have and a community that you can share your work with. If you're in the right places like New York city, most of your coworkers are going to be artists as well. So there's a little bit of camaraderie there, which is great. If you have a show that you absolutely have to go to, you can probably get your shift covered. That's great. Um, and then on the on the opposite end of that spectrum is if you're it, it can be a slippery slope, as we've talked about so many times with the partying and the drinking and the this and the that and other aspects of it, too, that allow you to sort of just keep kicking that can down the road and going, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow, um, which is not necessarily specific to the service industry, but I think it it, it is uh, it happens a lot in that world. And it happened to me. So those are sort of like the two sides of the coin for me.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's people in LA, you see it a lot, both sides, because in LA, I mean, when I first got out here, getting a service industry job was nearly impossible. Now it's different, but it was so competitive because it was the only way that freelancer actors, directors, writers could, you know, have some, a significant, a certain amount of money coming in guaranteed. Um and it was really interesting to me the ones who you know i mean it's, it's 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 physically exhausting it's mentally it's you're right it's not requiring as much data space but at the end there's there's you're going through so many emotions and you're so tired at the end to like show up for yourself it's it's a really hard thing to do and um there were people i dated bartenders and and waiters and very few of them was i able to continue on seeing because it became really apparent really fast that no judgment on them that they are really struggling with showing up for themselves um, mm. past the, you know, meeting their rent. And I just, I, I couldn't, I know how hard it was for me to do that, to show up. It's like having two full-time jobs and yep. I, and I, you know, I could hold space for it, but I can't be like, I can't date that all the time. You know, all the, all the time. It's a really hard, fine, fine line. But like um, most of the cool restaurants in LA too, you'd be like, I was be like, Oh, you know, John, John Hamm is a, Waiter here, or that I was a wait, you know. So, no shit. Keep the dream alive, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So speaking of keeping the dream alive, like I, I was, I thought about this from what Laurent, what you said, Laurent, about the, you know, that I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. Right. And those, those conversations are usually happening at five o'clock in the morning after the shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. everyone's everyone's fucking yacked out of their brains everyone's been drinking for four hours maybe you know maybe longer and that i'll do that tomorrow isn't happening tomorrow right. it's it's gonna happen the next time you're not hung over and who knows when the fuck that happens you know what i mean yeah. so like i feel like this is something i've been thinking a lot about lately just with certain projects i've been working on that like the the idea of like having a dream Whatever that dream might be, in terms of making art or, or um, you know, things like that, having that dream and having that passion uh, mean nothing unless you're also planning, right? Like, unless there's a plan for what's happening next and you can stick to it, um, you know, that that's it, it. It means nothing, you know what I mean? The passion and the the passion and the dream mean nothing if there's no planning. And I feel like, yeah, the 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 cycle of working in the bar, especially, you know, like a four o'clock in the morning, New York city bar doesn't lend itself to, Oh yeah, you're going to get up early tomorrow. And you're going to do that fucking thing that you do. You know, I was lucky enough that I, I worked, you know, I worked full time at the cellar. I was there five days a week and my two days off were Tuesday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And those just happened to be the days that the band that I was in rehearsed on already. So like I had this perfect fucking setup. you know what I mean? Where I could actually even drink, say like on a Monday night, and then still be able to make it to this thing. But I was also, I was also working with so many people that were doing the same thing as me. A lot of musicians that I work with, played shows with that just couldn't wrap their shit up and and move to the next phase. You know, every night was the same story about how they're finishing the record, you know, they're doing the the whatever. Um but that being said, I will say one thing though about bartending is the networking that happened that has that propelled my career, like in, in small ways, but a hundred percent propelled it. I mean, like one small example was uh, with, I'm not even exaggerating in the same week uh, at my bar, they were just my customers. I met uh, a, a man who did music licensing. So like where they, they buy, you know, they pay you for your song they put your song in a commercial or, or a movie or whatever it is. I met him and he, he knew my band, which was just amazing to begin with and then later on in the week we were talking about signing to his to his company his licensing company and i literally met a music lawyer at my bar in the midst of getting all of these emails from this guy where like i needed to get a lawyer and like that guy wound up doing the contract for us so like you know as much shit as i could talk about it like that happened that wouldn't have happened if i was sitting at fucking home you know what i mean yeah so um yeah the networking side of it is a, a interesting part too cuz you know, you meet tons of people. I've, I've done collaborations with people that I've met working, you know, multiple times, artistic collaborations, not just like lawyer stuff, you know? Yeah. So no.
2: Lauren, I'm sure that a lot of listeners, whether they're in this profession or a different one will relate to that topic, because I think no matter what you're doing to earn your living, uh, whether we like it or not, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily align with our passion. So to totally. then show up for yourself and have time for that passion or that artistic pursuit, or to even like engage with your um, creative self or, you know, and, yeah. and I think like we need to hold space for that. Like it's really hard at the end of the day, you deserve to have a drink and eat a meal and engage with your community. It's yeah. hard to wind down after a shift, after a day of work, like you deserve to veg out. <laughs> it's yeah. not that you, yeah. we, it, it's
1: a, it, yeah. It's like a. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I, I'll say two things that, that came to mind. One on the positive side. In, in sort of like an accidental way, at least for me, being somebody who writes and and needs to be creative constantly, that particular type of work, or especially for the podcast, right? Like, it's it's a different type of energy. You're gonna see. You're you're in the shit, right? Like, it's not sitting at a computer at a nine to five job where. What you're not, there's not a whole lot of experience outside of a pretty small box of what's going to happen in your day. If you're working at a fucking dive bar, a million things can happen. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be somebody fucking in the bathroom. (laughs) There's going to be a girl pushing her vibrator at you. There's all all that stuff, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's, Life experience. That's stuff that can go into the bank for later to be put into whatever craft you're doing, whether that be painting or acting or writing or whatever. So you are able yeah. to sort of, you know, draw from the well. And that's another positive. Um, but I, I think I on the that. negative side of things too, we've talked about this. There's a stigma about being in the service industry just like there's a stigma for being an adult pursuing uh artistic creativity right so if you're an aspiring actor and you're older than 25, you're getting fucking people looking at you a little bit out of the side of their eye because no, for some reason, that's not respected in this country. If you're a writer, but you haven't published anything uh, or, or haven't like, you know, sold a book or whatever. And you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you're getting, you're getting looked at a certain type of way. And then you compound that by, the same sort of vibe when you're also a bartender or a waiter and so you're a bartender who's trying to write or you're a waiter who's trying to be an actor or 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 trying to be a musician and and that that weight can get really heavy on you in the way that you see yourself and the way that you connect to your passion to the point that you can lose heart in that, And I've seen that so many times that people have just given up on their dreams, because it didn't happen yet. And the world is telling them, you're this is a fucking joke, man, you got to grow up and go get some job that you don't even care about. And, I, you know, so I would say to all of you, I haven't made a fucking dime off of anything that I've done, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Like yeah. you, you fuck them. Fuck anybody else. If you care about what you're doing, What you got to do is make sure that you find the time for this. And to to both of your points, it's exhausting. It is two jobs. If you're treating it the right way, you're working two jobs, two full-time jobs. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot. And unfortunately, that's just what comes with the territory of pursuing your passion. But don't let anybody else tell you when you're done. Like As long as you're having fun and creating good shit, do it and keep fucking doing it. Because there needs to be people who are doing that uh can you imagine a world without artists and like you said john ham there's so many celebrities who were waiters and bartenders and whatever whatever else into their 30s sometimes into their 40s before they broke through so there's the certainly people- a precedent yeah. for for you know success stories with that
2: the people who also give you shit for that i i, I i'm almost like <laughs> i bet deep down they just wish they were as badass as The waiter who's still living, who's still going for it. You know, I feel like the more we live authentically, authentic lives that are not conventional, the more resistance we'll meet. But I think that's just because we're doing it right. You know, it's
0: always it's always easier to dismiss to dismiss uh something like that since you know because the, they don't even know how to acknowledge it. They wouldn't even know what to talk to you about it. You know what ah, I mean? Yeah. So they just they just drop it and and uh dismiss the whole thing. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you uh, we 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 could wrap this uh this no, no, topic sure. up in a second, but I just had this thought that like okay, so like in the past 5 years I've done two things that have really changed like sort of going with the same uh uh sort of element of um attitude towards, you know, people in the service industry. Um, I've done two things that have totally changed the way people react to certain things, and it's it frankly makes me fucking sick. Um, the fact that I'm married now, and the fact that I'm tender anymore. Like now, like I've I've just now that I've had like five years of telling people I'm married and that I have this new job, and I see the different the difference in the reactions mm-hmm. from people, and I just want to be like, go fuck yourself, man. Yeah. Like really now. <laughs> okay like so dylan i paint movie sets right and like to, as far as i'm concerned it's not a glamorous job but people find it they think they they in their head they're like oh you work in the pictures i, I come home every day i'm covered in fucking shellac it's like whatever it's a fucking blue collar job you know what i mean and people are like oh wow that's so interesting and like want to ask me questions about it I, I, I remember just like thinking like i remember how you used to dismiss me like a hundred percent as a person you know what i mean when i was a bartender and uh, uh, and now getting that kind of reaction, yeah, it makes me sick. Like you said, Laurent, they can all go fuck themselves. Makes me sick.
2: <laughs> so so that's Mike's hot
0: topic.
1: Stand up for your rights, baby. Um, but you know, I, 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 oh shit, uh, I I do think that uh, it forces you to have a a you have to walk through that shit, right? So uh, the fact that you did um, makes you stronger if you're willing to. To do so. Um, yeah. so anyway, that was great. I love both of those topics. Oh um, yeah. And uh we are running a little bit late. So uh I think we're gonna gonna wrap this up here. Um Dylan, first of all, it's great to catch up. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh yeah. Awesome. Of course. Uh and the pl- quite the pleasure. Quite the pleasure. So quite we're going pl- to jump into Chris Marcella's fast five uh you're all it's all yours mate
0: all right chris welcome everyone to chris marcella's fast five um these are fast five and I, I never get this right five rapid fire questions coming at you dylan um i need a quick answer from you don't take any more than a second all right okay i need you to I need you to be here with me all right you ready very do you prefer your broccoli sauteed or steamed steamed would you rather serve a table of five 13-year-old boys with no parental supervision or a table with five kids under the age of seven with two parents?
2: Five kids under the age of seven with two parents any any okay. any day. Don't yeah. be good. 13-year-old boys with no, yeah, no thanks.
0: Brutal, right? Yeah. All right. I had a couple uh, of
2: 13-year-old boys um, uh, snitch on me and I got a parking ticket the other day.
0: Dude, 13-year-old boys, fucking narcs, bro. <laughs> Yeah. fucking narcs these fucking kids these days see yep. on, this is, it always comes back to this every episode fucking this new generation all right number fuck three the fuck the yo, fucked up kids uh number three what is your favorite candy
2: whatchamacallits do you guys nice.
0: know what that is Whatchamacallit. oh i, I can think sing they still
2: exist i'll awesome.
0: sing that whole jingle right now don't make me do it all right number four <laughs> have you ever lied to a clergyman no Number five. <laughs> Number five. You're going to prison for the rest of your life. You could bring one DVD picture with you. What is it?
2: Punch Drunk Love. Oh,
0: nice. wow. Classic. It's a that's new one. That's my favorite. That's my um, favorite.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Right, well, that's guys, it. Bye. Great job, Dylan. That's Hell awesome. Yeah. I when you said watch McCall, call it I thought you were like trying to think of what the name of the thing was. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: I know. <laughs> I know what it is. Uh, one time, but... one time, I I literally this, wait. This is no joke. I yeah, literally yeah. tore um, a tendon in my uh, yeah in this hand when I was on tour one time and uh, digging and I, but I was about to play a show and so I went up to the sound guy and I was like, bro, do you have like a popsicle stick? Because I jammed my finger and my, my finger was stuck like this, like literally twenty minutes before I was supposed to go on stage. I jammed my finger and and ripped my and broke my tendon. And he gave me a whatchamacallit, and I splinted my finger with a whatchamacallit. <laughs> no shit. They're
2: um, amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: no, they're, they're versatile, versatile, multi-purpose. <laughs> uh, okay,
1: so guys, we're we're gonna end the show here in a second. Our guest is gonna gonna uh, what's it called lead us out, take us out, <laughs> whatever the fuck with a with a quote uh, and or a joke that she's that she came with. Um, one last time thank you to under the thank you to under the apron for being thank a you podcast. You so much
0: to us. Uh
1: thank <laughs> you to Private Jet for sponsoring us. Again check them out on Instagram if you if you are a marijuana enthusiast in the New York City area. Uh and check us out on Instagram and TikTok. We we're blowing up. We got new stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh we're fucking influencers, baby. Uh and Dylan, before before you close us out, do you have any any plugs? Where can where can people find you in your work?
2: Oh, uh my name's Dylan Silver. They've said it. Uh just I don't know, Instagram. I I direct as well. Um, you can watch my work. Uh my documentary, of Mine Likes the Waters on Amazon. It's all Amazing. over wherever you stream. Cool. what uh, What is that yeah.
0: about? What's horses! the doc
2: about? It's about women's lives get changed through horses? You know, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> what a pitch! Um, uh, yeah, but I—you can watch all my work. I—I I direct. I—I—I I, I write. I um, and then I—and then I act. You can if you—you know what? You you write a name. You find shit I don't even want you to find. You know? There you yeah. go. <laughs> but it'd I'm be pulling up your IMDb. Me.
1: There we go. Oh, yeah. Pull yeah, up my IMDb. Look her up find <laughs> <me> on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Only fans, and we—we uh, <laughs> we have come to the end of the show, and yes. uh, that is dylan is gonna uh tell us a quote or a joke
2: okay uh can i can i give like two seconds of context for the
1: yeah sure for the quote?
2: okay um i took a photography class and i was struggling with my photographs they felt like shit and i asked the uh teacher what do, you know how can what can i do and there's something called the the shutter speed it's basically how how long does the barrel stay open before your um how long does can you take the photograph for and he, I was like, I'm like doing a visual with my hands that looks like uh, <laughs> a dick, I guess. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, um, this guy was teaching I, me
1: about how long, you know, before you, and then. Oh boy. <laughs>
2: he was teaching me how long do I, um, how long do I keep the shutter speed on? How long do I uh, capture the image for? Anyway. He had a quote from one of his professors that was called 60 and be there meaning 60 is the um the let's call the the length of the exposure but what it means is you got to get close it means just be in the thing just go to Mm. the thing and I take that to heart so whether I mean Laurent touched on it a little bit in this episode but like you want to be a part of something go be a part of it you want to experience something go be in the mix you want to feel something like go be in the thick of it and I um and I take that I i I, I believe we can use that as artists, as, as human beings. And yeah.
0: What was it? Say, say that quote one more time, 60 and be there 60 and be there. So it just means take, take, take the fucking picture and, and get, get, get the moment the mix. that you saw. Get in the yeah, mix. Yeah, yeah. Cause to be okay, at 60, okay.
2: you gotta be, you gotta be like, you gotta be, in. You gotta be close subject, ah, subject.
0: I like that. Not That's too good.
2: Close, but you, to capture the, to, you want to capture the thing, you gotta sure. get it. You gotta get in the mix.
0: I like yeah. it. Beautiful.
1: There we go. 60 and be there get in your own shit people that's a perfect
0: wrap up i like that
1: yeah uh all right well this has been fun dylan it's nice catching up with you
2: You Uh, nice to meet you dylan you too um
1: all right goodbye everybody bye great great time thanks for listening
0: Thank you.